Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive series and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week we watched Hijack on Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. We're going to talk about 9 11. <laughs> What'd you think? Uh, this was far more compelling than I expected it to be. Same. When I heard about this me and kathy watched the trailer for it some weeks back and i was like i, I don't care enough about a plane hijacking to watch it across six to eight episodes or whatever it's going to end up being who cares um but then i was hearing some decent things about it and i like idris elba and pretty much anything he's been in so i figured yeah I'll give it a shot i think when we were talking about doing this we both agreed that at least there would be the redeeming quality of idris alba in it yeah who uh should have played james bond would have done a good job still could he doesn't want to anymore yeah <laughs> if they throw a boatload of money at him he would he said now that it's all about race he's he's out if they throw a boatload of money at him i bet he would you think so yeah a boatload of money i just think he'd do a good job i agree um, as evidenced by this show <laughs> like he, right. he, the his whole character in this show is just being very cool calm and collected and i there's something uh he plays that very well yeah and his performance as stringer bell uh made me is what made me think like oh yeah he'd be a good james bond um i don't know what you're talking about uh, do you know the TV show The Wire? I'm aware of its existence, yes. Do you know about Idris Elba being in it, playing a character named Stringer Bell? If I did know that, I wouldn't have made the comment I made <laughs> earlier, Michael. You should listen to my half of things. Um, I figured that's what it was. I'll be honest. I have never seen The Wire. It's good. It's really good. And there are a Hot number taste. of actors that I'm like... If you put a gun to my head, it would still be a coin flip if I could get it right. Like uh, Idris Elba, is he in The Wire? Uh, yeah, I think so. Michael B. Jordan, I, I know he is, but like it's the same thing. Every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did hear that he's in that. Those are the only two like super famous people. No, there, there are others as well that uh, – fuck, what's his name? Yeah, he's not super famous. It's, isn't no, awful. isn't uh, am I thinking of Lance Riddick? Is he in it? I don't know who Lance Riddick is. Okay. You, I'm gonna look him up. Like I acknowledge, there's people who have been in other stuff. I'm saying like super famous people. This guy is rather famous. You recognize him? Yeah. Is he in it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Right here, he's best known for playing Cedric Daniels in The Wire. Okay, great. <laughs> I recognize him from The Wire, though. Yeah. Okay. He's been in other stuff, though. He was in. He's been in all the John Wick movies as the the concierge at the Continental. Oh yeah. He also does a lot of famous video game voices and stuff like that too. He was in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. You're right. He's on the same level as Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I pulled up Apple TV Plus for this and saw the rankings of the TV shows, and Ted Lasso is still number. Yeah. I don't is I don't know if anything's ever gonna knock Ted Lasso out of the number one spot, but then number two, 
the after party season two which i didn't realize had come out i realized it came out when i saw a review that said it's fine <laughs> okay good to know yep and then foundation which I, have we done foundation we did foundation it was like three years ago and uh yes this is the second season we we never I never like got past the first episode of that show. I liked it, but yeah, I mean, I really liked the books. I only I don't even remember why I don't even remember doing it for the podcast. We definitely did, yeah. Um, because I remember it was really weird uh, and kind of disjointed. Uh, another show that's coming out uh, with the second season very soon that we have done on the podcast is Invasion, which was the one where Sam Neill was in it as a tease because he dies at the end of the first episode. <laughs> Oh, right. We did that for the podcast, but it never got released because that's the episode that my computer broke on. Oh, fuck. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's the one that I keep referencing the episode two that we wrote where like things just go off the rails in our episode two and it was really good. And then my computer broke and we never released it. I didn't remember that it was that show. Yeah. I only brought that up because Kathy has watched all the way through the first season now and yeah, liked it. Yeah, we had a stretch goal at one point for a certain number of ratings. I would hire somebody to retrieve that data from that computer that's still in the basement so that we could get the, the audio from that episode, too. I'm glad I'm not the only one who holds on to computers for, like, completely dead computers for way too long. Just on the upset, like... Three downstairs. I know. I or rather, I didn't know, but I assumed. <laughs> when you said you had one, I knew it wasn't just one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've I recently have gotten off that. I think two three years ago, I just said fuck it. I'm never gonna restore any of this stuff, and I just took them to a, a computer recycling place that would wipe them and trash them. My brother in law used to run a computer repair shop. Now he works IT for some company. I could just give him this computer, and he could do the thing for me probably for free. But stretch goal not made. Stretch goal not made. All right. Do you want to tell everybody what this show is about? This show is about Idris Elba, who plays a corporate negotiator. Yeah, which we find out at the very end. Because the whole time, he just plays somebody who's kind of cool, calm, and collected. And that's it. That's all he brings to the table is just, hey, guys, relax. I Yeah. I, I got this. I have a... I have a lot to say about his his persuasion skills in this. His persuasion skills are just that he can say things in a non-threatening way that somehow still feel kind of threatening. And I don't it, it, I, I, can, I can feel you pulling away. I, there's something about his delivery that is just intense, even when he's saying pretty basic shit. Is there something about his appearance that's... <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's where I can feel you pulling away. I can feel you pulling away from this. This is not about his race. This is strictly about his tone of voice. And, and the color, and of, the his color of his skin. The first persuasion we get to see him do, he's in the airport. He gets through the gate. Then somebody else is trying to get through the gate. But the woman says, oh, I'm sorry, the gate is closed. Which, what the fuck is she talking about? She just pulls like a, a what do you, what would you, what are those? Like the nylon barriers that like retract into 
into the pole, but they latch up to each other. She just pulls one of those and then latches it and goes, oh, sorry, the gate's closed. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not the gate. That's well, that's no more arbitrary than closing the door to a gate. And because we're not closing the door to the plane, we're saying that the gate is closed. I, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is her closing that nylon thing when some guy still hasn't even made it to the airplane. So we can't say this guy (laughs) could have walked at a brisk pace and made it all the way up to Idris Elba's ass as he was (laughs) leisurely walking his way to the plane. Yeah. And it would have caused no one any trouble. I guess I always thought that the gate is closed and we can't reopen it was a security measure. It is, but it's okay. just as arbitrary as closing the door to the gate. It's not lo- like they, they're doing the same thing at airports today, just not that far from the actual. Uh, oh, I thought it was like a physical security thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, no no more so than this was. All right. But basically, basically, he gets her to open it up by going, hey, what's the worst that could happen? And she's like, all right. It... it <laughs> It's not the only time in this episode where it feels like he's a D&D character and the person playing him is not very good at persuasion, but keeps rolling real high on those persuasion rolls. Yeah, for sure. Which <laughs> I get it. Most people that play D&D aren't so super socially adept that they can come up with great right. commentary to, to back up their roles. But yeah, he feels like the the in real life impersonation or uh, embodiment of that. Yeah. Did we even get to what this show's about? No. He's, okay, go ahead. So he's a corporate negotiator who's on a plane going to London from Dubai. Mm-hmm. And it gets hijacked mid-flight. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I th- there are so many different subplots to this that I don't feel like it makes a whole lot of sense for me to go through all of them right now. We're going to go through them as loose threads that we're going to need to figure out when we inevitably write our second episode. Um, Aliens. Yeah, they they did the like setting up all the characters you're going to see in the series. Like you see the family with the beleaguered mother who keeps like snapping at people and then you see the priest and then you see the flight attendant uh, just like little snippets of they, they also set up uh that very same guy that was rushing to get to the gate and then gets let through because it just elbow goes come on right um they also were very clearly setting up especially with that comment of what's the worst that could happen right <laughs> that 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 guy might be the terrorist that's gonna hijack the plane the show's called hijack we know the plane's getting hijacked right so they spend the first 20 minutes or so making you go who's gonna be the hijacker Uh and when it's not that guy and it's a bunch of white guys (laughs) it felt like there was an implied don't you feel racist before we get too for too much more into it can i tell you my sister's favorite joke okay what's the difference between abu dhabi and dubai i don't know what is it? People in Dubai don't like the Flintstones, but people in Abu Dhabi do. If only she listened to this podcast. <laughs> yep, she sure does not. 
but I'll tell her. I didn't even. I didn't even have to ask. I knew that. <laughs> I'll tell her I told that joke. She still won't listen. She'll be happy. <laughs> I uh, Shay's sister used to work for a company that does like mock trials for I think maybe law schools. Uh, okay. Yep. Or a company or not? It's she. It was a nonprofit. Okay. Yeah. That that that's different. Okay. I, I know it. that I'm... much because she was going for her student loan forgiveness. Got it. Uh, that makes more sense. I was like, how is that company profitable? What the fuck? It was a nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she traveled all over the world, including all over the Mid East. Uh, and my sister told me that joke, and I texted Shay's sister, like, "What's the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi?" And I got this big paragraph about how women are treated in each city. <laughs> And then I just—that's infinitely funnier than any joke you could have told. And then I just responded back with the punchline. I will say, about five lines into my notes here, I did write that I'm calling the twist that Idris Elba's the terrorist that's going to hijack this plane. And given the ending of this episode, I'm not far off. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He's tricking them. I don't think he's tricking them. I think he's going. So the whole setup to this is we spend 30 minutes trying to figure out, or, you know, we know it's going to get hijacked. A look, some girl on the lacrosse team finds a bullet in the bathroom, which. How do bullet and you just got loose bullets everywhere when you're going to hijack a plane? Yeah, I don't get how that happened. I would love for us to explore that when we get to an episode two, maybe, because I, I don't understand. Yeah, and how they how they got the uh, guns on the plane in the first place. Inside job. Oh, wait, it's, we, we're not we, talking about 9-11 yet. We already know it's an inside job. That's one of the people that we... It's part of what made me think that guy running late for the plane was the ter- like the yeah. hijacker was the interaction that he had with the woman that was running the security check ah because he kept like he was being scanned and he was looking back at her as she was looking at his stuff going through yeah the stray bullet the lacrosse players find the stray bullet and they have the same reaction as we do when they're given when they're told the lie by one of the terrorists who has not revealed himself yet of Oh, yeah, no, it's just they were doing a security check and one of them went to the bathroom and one of the lacrosse players was like, that doesn't make sense. Did they just carry loose loose bullets in their pockets? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe, uh, and maybe this is jumping ahead to episode two, but I think maybe we just haven't met the really clumsy terrorist yet. You know, the one who who is... They they get the signal that they've got to uh, all find a way to the bathroom or find some way because they've got to get prepped because they know this is going to be happening. And or no, he's sitting next to one of his fellow terrorists and they're like, "All right, you got your gun locked and loaded." And he's like, "Um, yeah, totally. I just need to go to the bathroom real quick." And then he's reaching into his pocket and loose bullets are flying all around. <laughs> and he get he manages to pick up all of them except for one. So frankly, he does an okay job. Other than just being clumsy to begin with. Okay, so he's got to be played by... Uh, Mr. What? Bean? Mr. Bean, yep. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson, thank you. Uh, he's got to be played by Rowan Is Atkinson. that who you were going to say? Yeah, okay. 100%. No fucking way. Yep. 
I was just bulldozing over your point, but okay, carry on. Nope, got to be played by Rowan Atkinson, and it's got to be like several minutes of that ba- of that in that bathroom with that, some fumbling bullets. That's all episode two. It's just a. <laughs> it becomes a Mister Bean episode. There's there's like a bullet in the toilet, and he's like. Because you know he doesn't he doesn't talk he just goes. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. I, I, I spoiler alert. I think I'm gonna watch more of this show, but I would absolutely watch this a hundred percent quicker if I knew there was a Mr. Bean episode thrown in here somewhere. <laughs> All right. Most unrealistic thing about this show for me. Okay. Just see all the leg room they had on that flight. When. The last, I mean, I know it's more recently than I have been. When's the last time you've been on an international flight? A year. Okay. They didn't have a good amount of leg room. Not even in the first class bit, like everything that was in coach. I flew 10 hours to Greece and was, by the end of it, very, very, very upset and uncomfortable. My... I could not get my legs in behind the seat. The The story everybody tells is us landing, getting to our villa. They, they're showing us around every, everywhere. And so everybody, there's maybe 10, 12 of us. Everybody's like getting like sh- getting shown all the rooms and things, and I'm just sitting there going, just show me where I can fucking go to sleep. Just fucking show me where I can go to sleep. And then finally, they uh, finally they get done, and I just like crash. And they want to do like maintenance and cleaning and stuff, but they can't get into the room, so they just like keep coming in and going like, "Is is the man still in the room?" And they're like, "Yes, and he will murder you if you try to go in there." <laughs> it was so awful that on our way back, I was calling the airline trying to be like. Is there anything you can do that I would not have to go through that again? Uh, there wasn't. So I did have to go through that again. It was the worst. That solidifies for me. I, it, it's been, I, I've flown to Mexico, but I don't, I don't consider that international travel in the same way um, because it's a you know, two hour flight whenever you're flying from Texas or whatever. Um, oh, yeah, I can tolerate it for like. Right. Yeah. But my last memory then of flying internationally was when I was in high school and flying to Spain and I felt like I had and I was just as tall, just as uh, a big dude. Like I felt like I had plenty of leg room mm. uh, on that flight. But I've always been worried, as I know that plane leg room space has just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk that um, me and Kathy have talked about, you know, f- traveling internationally sometime soon. And all I can think is we're going to have to spring for something more than coach. I'm going to next time. I'm I, not flying coach internationally again. I, I, I can't risk that for that very reason. Yeah. Like that's, that's too many hours with my knees locked into a place. And then I'm spending the, the rest of that day and probably the next with un, unable to walk. Yeah. Fuck yep. that shit. Fuck that shit. All right. But it didn't seem like the people in coach had all that much leg room. Did they? They were moving around just fine. All right. Maybe it was Dubai Air that had all the long leg room. Yeah, maybe it's just a really nice airline. Here's another high persuasion check. Will you turn that phone down, please? And then the guy turns it down. <laughs> yeah. I no. I don't. I dis. I disagree with that. As as uh, 
being a high persuasion check. They, That's a completely reasonable thing to ask. They are trying to set up how persuasive this man is. There, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of other opportunities for that. But this was just, hey, knock it off. Yeah. Because the next interaction between him and that guy showed nothing about him being persuasive. He's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Because the guy was like, hey, sorry, man. We got off on the wrong foot. And Idris says, functionally, fuck off, mate. And yeah. then the end. Also, he's really observant in like, it, it almost felt like he was supposed to be like a detective uh Idris Elba like he's watching all the like hijackers and he's like piecing it all together they're like having a conversation about how they're about to hijack the plane in front of everybody on the plane like the number of conversations on this plane that just like somebody crouches down on a seat and goes okay so keep this a secret for now but when we hijack this plane or all right don't tell anybody about this bullet you found in the bathroom, except for the 20 people around that can hear what's going on. He's like watching and like watching them like exchange stuff out. And they're like, um, t- like whispering. And then he sees like they, there's like some people have overnight bags and some people don't. And he goes to like a steward, stewardess and goes, Hey, I didn't get my overnight bag. And it's like, Oh, it's not an overnight flight. Nobody gets it. And he's like, Oh gee, I'm putting this together. Something bad's gonna happen, and they they do all that, and nothing comes of it because he's just like the plane gets hijacked. Like he doesn't warn anybody. He like he gathers all this information. He he gathers all this information and um does not make use of it. I disagree. Oh, what does he do? I he's gathering all that information or rather he hasn't made use of it yet except for what we see at the tail end of that he he's gathering all this information so he can figure out how much of a threat they're in right now the the uh, conversation he has with the two fuckwits that think they're going to try and take down the terrorists with a phone charger and he just he calls attention to the fact that hey that just because that guy was speaking Arab doesn't mean that he's a Arab B that all these terrorists are and see that this plane is going to be imminently crashed anywhere soon. Um, right. So ease up and, and right. the, the hijackers even seem to imply that they're just going to fly into Heathrow anyway. Yeah. I don't know why they're hijacking the plane. Just I, to keep I, it on course. I, I don't know either. <laughs> that is one of the loose threads that we, <laughs> that we need to tie up. I think there's a possibility and maybe this again is delving into episode two. Is it possible that there's more than one set of hijackers on this plane? Like, like, <laughs> like these six or seven people all are hijacking this plane as part of a like a plot. But there are at least four or five other people that we kept seeing sidelong glances from. And we were led to believe that, oh, maybe these guys are going to hijack the plane. Do you think that we're going to see an episode two of them go, God damn it, I meant to hijack this plane? <laughs> or we got to hijack this plane from the hijackers. The missed opportunity there was to have all the hijackers sitting there and they're like looking at each other like, uh, like, are they, are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? And you think that they're all just one hijacking group and then like the nod and then some other, somebody else nods at somebody else and it's like, it's go time. And then you see them all stand up at the same time and pull their guns out and both like two of them at the same time go, okay, everybody. And they're like, well, oh, I'm sorry. Were you gonna, oh, I was gonna. Oh, no, you go right ahead. Oh, I don't 
know. Are they a part of this? Can... Are they part of the same group in this instance, or are they no, two separate they're hijackers? Two separate hijackers. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I've got some notes about her finding a bullet and them not revealing that it's a bullet that she found for. Uh, that was. Yeah. The more we talk about this, the more I hate this show. <laughs> it was. No. It was. It was. I'm gonna watch pretty more of good, it, but I, there was some dumb stuff in this. There was a lot of dumb. The most of what we talked about so far has been the dumb stuff. Yeah, that's that's the it point might of be, our podcast. It might be mostly dumb stuff. <laughs> uh, let's see. You want to talk about more dumb stuff? Yeah. Uh, we see Idris Elba's family all hanging out or whatever as we're learning more about the fact that his ex-wife, I'm assuming, is dating a cop and his son, I'm assuming, isn't a big fan of it. But the thing that's really dumb is that who the fuck keeps an exercise bike in their kitchen? Because <laughs> that's where that fucking thing was. He was just exercise biking right in the kitchen so that they could all have this conversation while his mom made fucking eggs. <laughs> It was so fucking stupid. It'd be so funny if, like, every scene with the three of them, no matter where it took place, he was on the stationary bike. <laughs> and every time, he still makes a big deal about how it's a stationary bike. And so I don't. I'm. I. I think I know which is funnier, but I'm not sure which is funnier. A that he has multiple stationary bikes in every room. <laughs> Or B, that he just drags the stationary bike to whatever room that they're in so that he can have this conversation. I think it's funnier that he drags it around, but yeah. I think that the show should not address this. I think uh, other that- than the, the, they shouldn't address it in conversation, but they should absolutely make him very painfully and slowly and squeakily like drag just... And like like the Tignataro bit from Conan where she's just dragging the fucking chair across the stage. <laughs> and then while he's doing it, saying to his stepfather, like, you're going to pull me over while I'm doing this, copper? Yes. Exactly that. Okay. I do want to do an episode two. Okay. How much more do you have in your notes that you want to cover? Hold on. Let me look through real quick. Yeah. Because I've only got one thing, but it might be a few minutes of conversation and some Googling. I thought the tail end of this is Idris Elba walking up to the terrorists with his hands up and, and talking to them. And he says, I've got an offer for you. And I was so ready for a fucking badass Idris Elba speech like a taken thing well no no no, not like a fucking bruce willis diehard thing more like a liam neeson and taken thing like i've got an offer for you you lay down your guns and uh walk away from this and i won't kill you You know what i mean like that sort of thing that was yeah. gonna be badass but instead it was just i want to help yeah i think the first thing is gonna get him shot if he said that, yeah, it would if this were realistic, but this isn't realistic. Okay, so this segues into what I wanted to do. Okay. So, I've never hijacked an airplane. Yet. I don't have any plans to hijack an airplane. I want to make Yet. that clear. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to release this episode. So <laughs> we're going to title this episode, Eric Gets Michael on a No-Fly List. Right. I've this never... could be a great way if we find out someone at the TSA listens to our <laughs> podcast. 
Anyway, sorry. Go All ahead. Right. I'm just going to get some clean audio of me talking about how I don't want to hijack an airplane. So, <laughs> never hijack an airplane. Don't plan on hijacking an airplane. Don't think anybody should do it. So, I don't know a lot you know about what? it. There should be laws about hijacking airplanes. <laughs> right. I, you know what? I want to come down post- very firmly pro-laws against hijacking. In this post-9-11 world, <laughs> why have we not passed any laws about hijacking airplanes? I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know how it works. I haven't researched it. It can't be as easy to get the cockpit to open as holding somebody at gunpoint outside the gun outside the cockpit can it what who's not going to open that cockpit what do you mean who's not going to if if you're the pilot of that airplane and they're just systematically killing one by one all 200 passengers on the plane you're going to open the cockpit at some point it, 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 there, there has to be some fail safe here you, it can't just be press a button and the cockpit opens so they've got to be able to get out of the cockpit though yeah. So I, I would put, like I had notes on this as well. I just didn't find it particularly interesting, but it does dovetail off this. I would bet that there are rules against pilots dating stewardesses and shit like that, partially because of HR, but I would bet partially because of situations like this. Right, but that was a uh, on the DL relationship. No, I, I yeah, and I gathered that once we realized. Oh wait, this guy's married, and yeah. that's definitely not his wife um, situation. But yeah, yeah, I I could ask my uh, stepfather. He's a pilot. Give him a call. No. Okay, I'll Google it. He doesn't listen to this podcast, but that call would not be a two minute call. I, I don't know if you've ever talked to pilots, man, but without fail, every pilot I've ever met, and I've met a lot because I worked in a counseling center at a school that was famous for its pilot school. They're fucking talkative motherfuckers. The door is locked and armored. It can only be opened if one of the pilot needs a comfort visit to the lab. In that case, the pilot calls back to the lead flight attendant to come to the cockpit door, monitor it, and enter the cockpit with the door locked behind him and her until... Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That right there has got to be the dumbest fucking implementation of safety. I think they need a little toilet in there, and then it just needs to remain shut and unopenable until the flight. I... I there, There's risks heavy risks involved in not allowing that door to be open because if both of them went down yeah you you got a big fucking problem um but i think that there are better fail safes yeah for sure like if both of them like went unconscious how would you get the person on the airplane that's gonna get talked through from uh mission control on how to land it that does remind me we just watched airplane Two weekends ago, uh-huh. and uh, it is fantastic. It absolutely holds up. Ooh, I should watch it. Um, I was, as is typical, Stone Cold Sober, and Kathy was, as is typical, very high, um, and we both had a great fucking time. Hmm. Awesome. It's a good one. All right. I don't know if she had a great time as I was doing a lot of quoting of it. I don't know if she's seen it all the way through. So it was just a lot of me. Yeah, I hate that. I I hate it too, but I don't, it drives me nuts. And there's very few movies that I do that for, but it turns out airplane is one of them. Apparently (laughs) 
Shay, Shay will do that for a movie. Uh, Christmas Vacation is a big movie for her family, uh, so she knows all the words to that one. Uh, one mind-boggling time, we were just looking for a movie to watch, and we're like flipping through. I think I was on like HBO Max, and I was like, Dodgeball, an underdog story. It's been a while since I've seen that. And she's like, oh yeah, me too. It's like, all right, let's watch it. And she's like, all right. Turned it on, and to both of our surprises, she knew every line to the movie and said every line along with the movie. And I'm like, I'd like, I want to watch the movie. I want to. <laughs> yeah, I for me it was uh, less. Oh, I need to. It was more that I was shocked that I remembered so much of this, given that I'm pretty sure it's been 15, 20 years since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I, my memory is not great. So it's not like I, uh, all that spectacular memorizing movies. It's just indelibly ingrained in my brain. Yeah. It was great cool. for me. Maybe not for Kathy. I don't know. You'll have to ask her. <laughs> all right. Do you want to write an episode too? Sure. Okay. I've written down the loose threads that we have all because right. there are loose threads that some of which we haven't talked about from this first episode. Okay. Can no, it doesn't. Eh, Go ahead. It doesn't make con- continuity sense. Never mind. What? Uh, having Kareem Abdul-Jabbar being one of the pilots. What we can do is have, let's say, the co-pilot or somebody get sick or something. Well, she already got smashed in the face. Okay. The pilot gets killed. I don't know why. I'm not going to bother trying to come up with explanations. Ooh. And then they coach. and then they need to call it coach who can fly this plane. Yeah, and so back in like the back row and coach Scream Abdul and Jamar, just hunched, like, hunched over his with his legs, his legs <laughs> fucking across three seats, just raises his hand. I can fly a plane. This thing have a sky hook on it. Uh, okay, what are the loose ends we have to tie up? The four that I wrote down, and there might be others. Uh, and we don't have to tie all these up in the second episode. It seems important that Idris's wife is dating and fucking a cop, but I'm not sure why. Who the fuck is this guy? Okay. D- d- don't don't answer yet. Right. Let me let me get all these. Number two, that T that TSA age. I didn't hear you, so the listeners can all laugh at this joke, and I don't have to pretend to. Uh, <laughs> the TSA agent that we saw, uh, late McGee. Uh, look at why'd she get called home? Mm-hmm. She's it's clearly important. We saw her drive all the way home, but that that's literally all we know about her is that somebody looked at her weird. She got called to go home. The end. Okay. Uh, the guy rushing to the airport and rushing his way through security and shit like that. What's his whole deal? He's okay. not, he's not a terrorist apparently. All right. And then number four. What the fuck do these terrorists want? Ooh, okay. All right. So I've got one answer to all of your questions. Um, I don't know that Apple TV Plus needs another show about aliens. <laughs> but go on. Aliens. How does that explain any of the answers to my questions? Okay. First one. Who is this who is this yeah who's this cop yep he's an alien okay second one why is the flight attendant called home 
aliens. No, nope, nope, nope. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to dig in on that one a little bit more. <laughs> Did the aliens call her home? No, uh, alien invasion started. It's like, uh, you gotta get back home. The aliens are invading. Okay, got it. Cool. Yeah. It's, that's all I'm asking. Is a little effort, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> what was the third one? The third one was the the guy that was rushing his way to the gate. Oh, who is that guy? Yeah, what's his whole deal? He's an alien. Okay, got it. Yeah. Fourth one. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, what do these people want? Yeah. They're all aliens, dude. That, okay, I'm going to go back to what I just said. I need a little more effort for you, Michael. Who gives a shit that they're aliens? Why are they hijacking a plane if they're al- just because they're aliens? Okay. They, they've got like uh, interplanetary light speed wormhole travel sure yeah makes total sense that's how they got here in the first place Duh. Yeah. right regular flight no fucking clue so it turns <laughs> so it turns out they they think hijacking planes is normal they, they all they've seen to this point uh through radio signals that have made their way out into space are plane movies where somebody's hijacked the plane and they think that this is just a completely normal way to travel it's just well the only way for us to get where we want to go is to hijack this plane well i'm saying they literally don't know how airplanes fly in the sky. They're here to learn the secret of flight. Okay. And they think they need to hijack the plane to do that? Well, they need to fly on an airplane to do that. I but don't... the problem is, is that all of the, like, radio signals and stuff that have gotten out to their planet is all media about airplane hijacking. So they think that it's normal. I can't even speak to you right now. <laughs> what? That was your idea. Yeah, I know it was my idea. <laughs> I feel like it would have been easier and required fewer guns and fewer people if they had just gotten an alien that sort of looked like a kid and asked, tried to get the kid up into the cockpit. Like, can I can I go where the pilots go or, and get my pilot wings? Mr. Mr. How does an airplane fly? <laughs> and then he's just like furiously writing down notes. Oh, uh, oh the Bernoulli effect. Okay, yep, got it. Yes. What's the, what's the Bernoulli effect? Bernoulli. I think it's the Bernoulli principle that's what causes planes to fly. It's it's the shape of the wing, and air going over the top goes faster than air, or goes slower than air going under the bottom, which is what causes the lift. Yeah. So then they need to talk to Bernoulli because they think he invented it. Mm-hmm. And the, and they kidnap Bernoulli because they not just that he invented it, he's the one that magically causes planes to lift off the ground. <laughs> right. Right. So what oh. do they do when they find out he's dead, though? Because he's definitely been dead for like dozens of years. Oh, or oh. maybe hundreds at this point. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so what they have to do and one of the reasons they're hijacking the airplane is because they want all airplanes to be grounded. Mm hmm. Because they think once they kidnap Bernoulli and he can't power, make the airplanes fly anymore, that Earth won't have the power of flight any longer. And they don't want them to crash airplanes. So they want all the airplanes on the ground. Okay. It's, you know, they're, they're, stealing, they're stealing the power of flight from Earth, but they don't want anybody to die over it. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. Nailed it. Yeah. And that's just episode two, dude. That's just episode two. Um, 
I'm sure the people listening at home have already figured this out, but I only just figured this out. So I, I feel the need to call attention to it. I was right. It's totally Bernoulli, dude. How the fuck did I remember Bernoulli's principle? You're a smart guy. I not, not with that sort of shit. And not with did, most sort of shit. When did he die? Oh, that's, yeah, that's what I meant to look up. Hold on. Um, well, definitely hundreds of years ago. I thought you were going to say he was still alive. No. Uh, named after Daniel Bernoulli, a Swiss, math- Swiss mathematician who published it in 1738. So if he's still alive. Okay. Spoiler alert. In this show, he's still alive. <laughs> All right. Okay. So here's what I don't get then. Why did it literally take 150 years for the Wright brothers to successfully fly? I, I never understood what it was about them that made made them be successful. Because everybody knew about this principle. All they had to do was slap wings on a, on a bicycle and fly. The principle has more to do, or uh, specifically has to do with fluid dynamics, which I don't know if people had thought to apply that to uh like air dynamics i don't know if we considered air to behave like a fluid in that way i guess my question is is did the wright brothers come up with the idea of applying that principle to flight or was that just like a thing people were like oh that's what maybe we should apply that principle to flight and the wright brothers were like yeah we'll do it i don't know man this has been a Michael's musing, just backdoored one. <laughs> is that all you? Is that what the response you've wanted from me this whole time to Michael's musings is just I don't know, man. Or maybe like a I know, right? Okay. If that will make those go quicker, I'm all for it. It won't be as entertaining for people. Who like, get to what, was to it? Me. Was it ever entertaining? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're you're the only one of this dyad that has listened to this podcast. So All right. Ooh, wanna wrap it up? Thanks for listening to the episode one podcast with Michael and Eric. Uh you can check out our website. It's episode one podcast.com. Uh, if you like the show, leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to, you can leave a comment on our website as well, which Mo did recently for the Twisted Metal episode. Thanks, Mo. Yeah, thanks, Mo. Nice to see you didn't malfunction. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> See you in a year and a half when you come <laughs> when you've recovered from that burn, Mo. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, big thanks to Boz D for the use of our theme song. <laughs>